This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely strange, you know, um, coming to this room and um, just seeing everything. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a bit weird, but, um, you know, being out on the ice uh, feels good. Obviously, um, it's a, a place that a lot of great memories and, you know, it was pretty special to, to, to me and, and my family. So, um, yeah, it's certainly the first game I looked for on the schedule and, um, you know, looking forward to, to getting back out there. Blake Wheeler, former uh, captain of the Winnipeg Jets, longtime member of the Winnipeg Jets, right from the, from the start of 2.0. He was on the ice that initial game back in October of 2011. Uh, and making his first uh, return trip uh, here uh, as a visitor uh, to Canada Life Center. Blake Wheeler and the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers coming in on a heater. Oh, uh, um, they've had a really, really great start to the year. 5-0 and on the road. Um, have had a fantastic power play, penalty kill. We'll get into that, Jim. Um, but uh, the the opening thing and, and question that I think and you'll answer and I'll answer here is Blake Wheeler – who is he in terms of uh, when you look at the Winnipeg Jets as an organization, as a hockey team? Where is he in in as in uh, where is he in the franchise? Well, he's up there in in the top. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, two point He's at the forefront. He really is. Yep. He is um, their former captain, which there's only been, well, three now, right? Yeah. Um, he was their leading goal scorer. He was their leader on and off the ice. He was very active in the community. He was here for 12 years. And when you just said that, Cam, their first game on the ice here, um, I remember that. I remember 2011, May 31st, the big announcement, and then feet on the ground. The next week I'm down at, um, Kennel Life Center, and in walks Andrew Ladd, who's just touring neighborhoods to take back to his Atlanta Thrashers teammates on where you might be looking to buy a house because yeah. basically in three months, you need to be living there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was basically said, I came in to meet the media and stuff, but I'm, I'm spending three days here to search neighborhoods, to go over all the kind of things that every player who, whether you need a uh, an apartment or whether you need a house for your kids – can do. And then, you know, the season came in and in came Blake Wheeler. So um, I I think he's in the lore. I think that um, as they do when people return and they talk about legacy and all that, Mm -hmm. I I think tonight's a night that people are going to shine Jets fans on all the great things he did. Even the naysayers who I've debated with for the past three or four years are acknowledging what he did for this organization, what he did for this team. And there was a two-season to three-season run there where he was their best player. And he had nine back-to-back 91-point seasons and helped put this team on the map and take them to a Western Conference final. And he was able to sort of identify himself as one of the best right-wingers in the league. It took those two seasons back-to-back. Yes. It took the Jets' cup run uh, to the West Final. Um, I was reading Murata Tish's article in The Athletic about, about Wheeler and his legacy and um, sort of his pros and his cons of his time here in Winnipeg. And he, he pulled out this stat here. Um, uh where is it here? I have it here somewhere here. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was a different stat while, there. While you do this, I'll do this. I, I have it here. Okay. From Winnipeg, from Winnipeg's October 9, 2011 home opener through the end of Wheeler's final season with the franchise, his 795 points at 874 games ranked him 10th in the National Hockey League. 10th overall 
in the National Hockey League. Over his, from the first game to his final game as a Winnipeg Jet. Yeah. I don't think that so he got... So 12 years yeah. of a career, which some players are lucky if they sniff half that. Mm-hmm. Other players, like once you get to 10 or 12 years, but he played before that and he's playing right now. We'll get in all of that. Yeah. But a career is often the average, much less than 12 years. But in a 12-year stint, he's 10th in the National Hockey League. I think that speaks volume to what he is and what he was to this organization. It's, it's silly to even say because it's just so obvious that I don't even need to say it. But if he was in Toronto or Montreal or New York, it. Boston, listen, he'd have been mammoth. God statue. God Absolutely. Now, the other thing that I qualify, so 1,126 games total. This includes in Boston and Atlanta, um, 922 points. This is a a telling stat. So here's his run in the playoffs. The first time in 2014-15 when they got swept by Anaheim, he had one goal in four games. Mm -hmm. He had 61 points that year, 26 goals in 79 games. Here's his playoff run since. 2017-18, 21 points in 17 games. Next season, five points in six games. The next season, 2019, 21 assists in four games, they were swept. Then five points in eight games in 2021. And then his last season in Winnipeg, when he put up 55 points as a 36-year-old in 72 games. And this is when people, these were the years people like he's done. He's, it's only yeah. ice time. It's all that. He had six points in five playoff games for this team. The last time you saw Blake Wheeler on the ice for the Jets was a five-game loss to the Vegas Golden Knights in which he led the team in scoring Yeah, as a 36-year-old. Now, we're going to talk a lot about what he's doing this year. He's playing less than 10 minutes. He's on the third line. He's not on any power play. Doesn't have any points. Looks like it's over. I'm fully admitting that. It's only eight games in. He can still manage to get around a 40-point season. We'll see how it goes. But right now, that's how it looks. I I will say this. When he first came to Winnipeg in that first year as a 25-year-old, it took him eight games to get on, 18 games to get on the board. I was just going to bring this up. Okay. Having been in that room for the first five to six years of the existence of this team, Nobody was more inconsistent than Blake, and nobody talked about his inconsistency with more fever than Blake. Blake was extremely frustrated where how he would go eight games without a point, and then the next eight games he'd have 12 points. Yeah. And if he could figure it out, and that's the one thing. Ultimate team player, always wanted to win, probably cared life and death like it was, and he admitted that a couple of years ago, probably cared too much about winning, um, but to the point where the next thing on his mind always was his consistency. It bothered him. And then boom, 78 points in 82 games, 74 points in 82 games, 91, 91. He got consistent, right? He got, so he didn't go very often without one. So I just think, you know, end of the day, Jets fans will judge what they judge and how they parameter it. But yeah. he is end of the day. And probably for the next 20 years, he's in Jets lore. His jersey will be retired. 100%. He put this team on the map. He tried to kick this team, willing, kicking and screaming uh, further where he could. And then that's when I think things started. People ask me outside the market about what happened the last couple of years with Blake Wheeler. And I used to, you know, I used to years ago joke um, when Line was here and the whole debate was going on. And I said this to this day, Patrick Line will be the number one right winger on this team when he's the best right winger, all yeah. round right winger on the team. But I've always said this. I said, I would love to know what a conversation between Patrick Line and Blake Wheeler is when they bump into each other at the airport in line at Starbucks. Because you got one guy who celebrates a hat trick 
by getting a bowl of Smarties ice cream and having fun. And I like that Patrick line. I, yeah. I got a lot of fun out of it and it was entertaining. You got another guy who I'm not exaggerating, gave a nut for this team. Yeah. Got back on the ice in the third period and finished a game. And there's just that, you know, he's intensely wired. He passionately wants to win. He almost, you know, to his own detriment, tried to force people to be more like him. I, yeah. th- I think that's just my perspective. Yeah. And that's where things, because in a room of 20 guys, it's not always going to fly. I, I, I think he, he rubbed people the wrong way. And there's actually a quote here. I'm going to play this um, about, he was asked about Adam Lowry taking over the sea. And uh, his, here was his response when asking about, you know, obviously, I mean, Lowry was a guy who came up and started, you know, playing with the Winnipeg Jets and, and Blake Wheeler, a big, big mountain uh, on the team. And here was his response. Uh, maybe I showed him what not to do. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, like, I, like I said, I mean, I, I care a ton about those guys and, um, you know, just tried to be a, a good example, you know, you know, like just how to work every single day. And, and um, I'm just happy to see those guys have blossomed into the type of players on the ice, but just the people that they are too. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, this organization is very lucky to have the type of people that are in that dressing room. And um, that's what kind of stinks about, you know, not being there is you miss all the, all the guys and all the people, but um, you know, we'll put that aside tonight. That's the question I want to ask. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. What is, what is Blake Wheeler's legacy with this organization? Is he the greatest jet of the 2.0 era? I say of, as of right now, he is. But I, 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 I say that at the same time as in two, three, four years' time, he won't be anymore. Um, how will he be remembered as a captain of this team? What's your favorite moments from him? I, I grabbed a couple. Uh, the time, he, remember when he fought Malkin? That was a big one. I um, This was my favorite moment. Was He took, and I mentioned it before, it took him 18 games in his first season back here. Um uh, to score. And he remember him jumping into the boards. He was so excited to finally get one, uh, setting up Truba in game three against the Nashville predators. When they go down three, one yeah. Bufflin wires one in, he finds Truba right back door, right in the net tied three, three, probably the loudest Canada life centers ever been. Um, is it his toughness? As you mentioned, I mean, well, for this- me, it was the Dallas game. Yeah. When somebody left the door open on the gate and he went flying into it at top speed. Like that's the other thing about him is until about a year or two ago, probably two years ago, he was one of the fastest players in the league. Um, and he went full flight into that door and I didn't expect to see him for weeks. I didn't expect to see him for two weeks after that. Yeah. And he came back and played after, I don't know what he did, what the injury was. He's played with broken ribs. Maybe and, one and, day we'll see that list of all the stuff that he's took, played through. Well, you'll never hear it. He's never going to bring it up. But um, he played with broken ribs a couple of seasons ago when everybody was telling me it's over. And what told me when it wasn't was he was back checking and stopped at center. And yeah. I've never seen Blake Wheeler stop on a back check. And then I was like, that's not – something's going on here. And two weeks later it was announced he's been playing with broken ribs for about four weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think Blake Wheeler is somewhere for me personally. I think where he is, he's somewhere between um, grabbing Line a after he shot the puck into his own net, and him grabbing Line a yes. on the boards and putting his arm around him and making him feel yeah. like his 
Vladdy was embarrassed. His face was red as a beat. The story about Josh Morrissey when he goes and embraces him, uh, you know, the, the final game he thought his dad was going to be like watching. And then you have the other stuff where it's like the, the combative nature, the the taking things too seriously, trying to get everybody on his page and, you know, gruff, rough around the edges. Yeah. Like, I, I think some people want to kind of attach I'm on this side of that. I'm on that side of that. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, I've been in scrums where he's looked at me and questioned what I was questioning. And then when I explained it, like he's a guy who held you accountable. Yeah. And he's a guy that didn't suffer fools, but also he's a guy that was rude and abrupt to, to some media when he was in that mood. Mm-hmm. But what I understood from him early on was that mood is derived from wanting to win so bad. And sometimes that can be a negative. And I think he touched on that a bit, right? Like he, there's a balance to being a leader. Yeah. And much like a coach, if you're yelling all the time or trying to drag guys into the fight every single day, it wears thin. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. Uh, lots of time for your guys' text messages about Blake Wheeler, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. We will get to special teams uh, during the morning skate. There was some some swapping spots. I'll tell you what that looks like. We'll give you the uh, lowdown on the, the morning skate, the lines. They haven't changed. Um, but we'll we'll go through that as well. Rick Bonus does remain away from the team. Uh, Connor Hellebuck will start in net. We'll get to all of that. Um, hear more from Blake Wheeler as well. A situation with Dadanoff. Do you remember that? You remember that, Jim? I the do. Senators. This the is Ducks. interesting to me. We'll talk about that when we come back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Uh, so the situation with, with Dadanoff, uh, uh, this is from Elliot Friedman and Merrick on the 32 Thoughts podcast. They expect a ruling to come out this week that exonerates Vegas and is some kind of penalty for the Senators. They don't know what it is exactly, a fine or draft pick, but they think the punishment will be light because of new ownership. Interesting. So what happened was Evgeny Dadanoff uh, was attempted to be traded to the Anaheim Ducks. He had been acquired from the Senators. This was in March in 2020 during the previous summer. Uh, where the Golden Knights were under the impression that the Russian forward had not submitted his list in time to Ottawa of teams he didn't want to be traded to during the 2021-2022 season. As it turns out, that wasn't true, and Anaheim was was among the teams on Dadanov's list. The deal was subsequently voided by the NHL. Uh, Dadanov eventually was traded to the uh, Canadians. Now he's with the Stars, but seems like the Senators were trying to pull a fast they lied. one. They lied and then they tried to trade him. He's like, no, I did get this in and I'm, I'm not going to Anaheim or I don't want to. And I mean, this is terrible by the senators. This is honestly terrible. How did you think this wouldn't come back to, unless they legitimately thought he didn't file it, but how do you legitimately think he didn't get that in? All you have to do is look. Well, it seems like Vegas is going to be exonerated. I, this is going to be, uh, what is this, a massive fine? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to wait and loss see. loss of a pick? We'll see. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. You know what? Honestly, the first uh, first six games, I, you know, I was uh, not not myself. You know, just I think just all the... Um, the newness and just, you know, acclimating to new circumstances and just, you know, kind of hitting the ground running, uh, you know, felt, felt a bit lost out there. But I think the last week, um, you know, started to feel really good again and feeling like myself again. So honestly, that for me, that's I just I love being out there and, and feeling like I can, you know, play and contribute. And um, we got a heck of a hockey team. So it's, you know, it's just about um, trying to bring value. And, and when we're on the ice, you know, 
just like I said, um, making a contribution any way you can. So, um, you know how it is. Uh, once once you get going and things start going the right way, um, um, you know I'm sure we'll get some some offensive chances and create some looks. But um, for me, I, just enjoying this experience tonight and, and being back in a familiar place and um, you know playing in front of a you know a bunch of people I uh, care care a lot about. I was Blake Wheeler talking about his start, uh, which hasn't been stellar, you know, admittingly. I mean, it is what it is. Eight games played, zero goals, zero assists, zero points. It's been terrible. Yeah. He's been terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was demoted to, on the second game. He was taken off the power play for the third, and he hasn't played 10 minutes since. He, now, he, now, fair now, enough he was, to him, was, there's he, a lot yeah. going on. But he, he joined the team to be a top unit power play guy. That's where they wanted him. Well, he thought he when he they initially signed him, I, I they penciled him in daily faceoff did and everybody at the number one power play. Then he was on the second, but his first two games didn't go well. But the Rangers are five zero and zero, and and he's got to figure out his game, or or maybe this is done. Like we'll see where it is. But he said first six games. Now the last two, we'll see how this goes. I still think he can put up some points and help this team. But this is also a pretty good team, right? He's going to be, um, on the third line going forward. So. Um, there's just a couple takes here that I, I want to get to everybody. Like there are some people out there who, like we're getting this text. Uh, it's anonymous, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Um, but they say, like, despite everyone's wrongful, wonderful opinion of Wheeler, the facts are he's done nothing for the Rangers this season. Well, yeah, but when he was here, his last year's a 36 year old. He had 54 points in 72 games. Yeah, that's a 60 point pace. Um, the other thing he said, all the positive Wheeler talk, I. I had to confirm he wasn't dead. The past couple of years, he was an arrogant whatever to his teammates, the media, the fans, called him out for part Bufflin leaving. All the best Jets 2.0 history, even up. I, I just, this is the take. Look, the, the way I'm wired and I judge players, I'll always take the player who cares too much over the player who doesn't care enough. That's just the way I'm wired. Mm-hmm. So uh, Wheeler's not without his faults. He basically admitted that when he talked about, I just showed, probably showed Lowry how not to do things. It's a balance. It's all that. I just said he can be a rude. I've seen him call out a, a friend of mine and a colleague in the media, and then the next day apologize to him. It was that bad. It was offensive the way he went at him. Yeah. Um, again, but I don't – we're in the media. We don't sit there and pout about this stuff. We don't sit there and go, you know, this or that or that or this. Um, it was weighing on him at the end how they – and then Morrissey Lowry came on our show this summer and said we massively have underachieved the past five years. Yeah. To a guy like Wheeler, that would blah, 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 blah. But this, and then we get the other one from Dino here who said, I have to say this about Wheeler's a good person. I met him this past spring when my kids walked up to him during a flag, my son's flag football game. He could see the kids were shy and they, and why they walked up to him were intimidated. So he started the conversation with giving them fist pumps. He didn't need to do that. He could have just stared at Louis's team and, and still Louis finishing is the his game. Son. Louis yeah. is his son. He was polite about it. He was more than engaged, or happy that this gave me the chance to thank him for everything he's done for the city and tell him that I appreciate how hard it was leading the team in a Canadian city. A few weeks later, he was bought out. Dino just wanted to put that in. That This is my point. I don't know Blake personally at all. I've never talked to him outside the rink or anything like that. Um, or ran into him anywhere. But from what I can judge, he's a really good guy, and he admits his mistakes, uh, and he made mistakes as a leader of this team. But it's from a point of caring. 
and I'll always side with that more than than somebody who just doesn't take it seriously enough. Yeah, other text messages here. This one from Dom. Blake Wheeler is the best Jet 2.0. He deserves to get acknowledged tonight. Uh, no one worked harder on the ice and was special off the ice with his with his charity. Uh, was probably underappreciated. Corey also spoke about his charities. Don't forget the charities um, that him and his wife and all they've done for Winnipeg. Neil, I, My point to the Dino one is yeah. in the 12 years, I've never had anybody talk to me about meeting him personally where he didn't go out of his way to make them feel comfortable and say it's okay and I'll have time for you. And He said that also, and I was listening to a podcast that he was on. Um, I believe it was the one with Tim, Tim Stapleton's podcast. Right, yeah. Um, and he said I, he was not treated poorly by a fan or anybody in Winnipeg not once during his entire time here. Yeah. So when the media comes, like, he hears the things. They all do, yeah. whether they like it or not, whether it's on social media or not. A lot of them aren't on it, and I get that. But when the media comes, like, he knows it's it's – the media is writing or, or speaking like we are on the show about what they're doing or he's hearing about it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, this is the way I look at it. The mo in the 12 years until this year, the most popular jet will still and always be Dustin Bufflin. Mm-hmm. The best jet right now after 12 years is Blake Wheeler. Yeah. I think that's, true. and it's not even close. Yeah. He was the best good. in the 12 years, the best hockey player they've had here all round and, so it goes far. And that's why it goes back to what I said in the first segment, Cam, is I'd love to see what a line A Wheeler conversation is like yeah. at an airport after a loss. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I'm not judging line A either. Like, guys are wired differently. And I think that's what he's referencing with the Lowry thing about yeah. maybe I showed him what not to do, is you can't force guys no. to be a certain way. You have to talk and work with them to try and get the most out of them. But the last thing a captain can do is try to force them to be a certain way or care more. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's why... He was a great player, but perhaps not a great captain. And and maybe that's Adam Lowry. That was something that he's going to learn. And from. let's be honest, that thing of taking the captaincy away from last year was a disaster. Yeah, because after twelve years, he's probably not forwarding his opinion, but he's being asked it. And yeah. when asked, you just fall in line. Mm-hmm. You just do right. Yeah. Like I- you run this show. And if all of a sudden it's like, okay, you produce it and I'll be the co-host of it, I'm not going to like put a show together and not talk to you about it or not, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. And that's, yeah. how, and that's how it was. So it was just a disaster. And, and But we're talking about the 12 years. I didn't know I wore the C during, on the show. You know what's interesting, though, is there is a fan base out there who, and thanks for the text, all opinions are welcome, that you know was saying the stuff about him and not liking Wheeler and all that. Dustin Bufflin quit on this team. Dustin Bufflin gave the team no heads up, his teammates or anything, and just walked away. Yes. And handcuffed this team. Yes. He could have said, I'm thinking of this. These are the things I'm leaning towards. The story goes, as it's come out, that even after the season started, he was going to think about playing again. And then that held the team in two months of purgatory of what to do with his contract and stuff. And fans absolutely love him. Yes. He they, absolutely love him, but he quit on this team. He he put he pushed this team back years, and they're still trying to get back to that place. And this isn't coming from me. This is coming from guys that play, not yeah. just with Buff, but other ways. But they're like, oh, Buff's great, and I love him, but he quit. Like, I yeah. mean, take any team. If you walk away day one of training camp. It's like uh, how does it, that go over in a team? You know what? It, you still it, love the guy. He's great. It, it He's remi- the most popular jet, yeah. but he quit on the team. It reminds me of what uh, Wheeler said uh, at the end of last year after Rick Bonus's comments, saying like, "Yeah, you know, 
And in his opinion, it wasn't cool. He didn't like how it was handled. Uh, but we're adults and we can get over this. Yes. That's lost in the end of the ceremony. That's yeah. another reason why I was. So I, that's how I feel about the relationship with, with yeah, Dustin Buffett. That's right? why it was weird how that, that media day continued to go after Wheeler was done. Cause everybody focused on what he said. And so did I. And I was like, this isn't going to go good. But then he did add, but we're all adults and we're all on this together and we're a team and we can move forward from this. Let's get some more text messages out here. Neil says, hope people don't boo him. He's not going to get booed. Blake Wheeler's going to get a standing on. Yes. Uh, Blake Wheeler is a class person and his family are class. Uh, Mike says, Blake Wheeler was made from what's real. Great captain. Donna says, Wheeler is such a great guy. I'll be giving him a big cheer tonight. Uh, Kevin says, Buff is the best jet. Uh, Wheeler is the close number two. This texture says, uh, Wheeler, a good player for a team, but a dressing room wrecker. That's again, that's just some of the opinions, uh, that but people I, I, have. And I'll add this camp, but it was, it was more than time. Yeah. Like it was more than time that Absolutely. he moved on. I, 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 I think, look at this team now. I think they're better off the way they are. It was a mutual decision and it, it was right for all it parties. It was more than time for yeah. this relationship to end I, I as, agree with as good as the 10 or 11 or the 12 years were. This texture says they really miss Wheeler, Dubois' size and point production. 110 points from last year uh, they are missing, that texture says. Uh, and this one says, hey guys, this is a complete 180 for wheels. Do you think he expected this? I don't believe he did. As well, do you think the Jets would cater to him and he would be playing on the first or second line this season with the Jets and competing his took us off? Uh, thanks and have a great week. I don't think he'd be on the first line this year. No, I don't think so. No, I think he would I think be, Ehlers would be on the top line. I think he'd be with Lowry. I think he'd be playing with Lowry. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I think it would definitely be, I, I think it might not be as quick. But it would be going on what's going on with the Rangers. Yeah. You're on this line, and after two or three games, here's where we go, here's where we go. Um, but I, I think Ehlers would be the top right winger, and if he wasn't performing on the second line, I think he would be bumped down. Yeah, We've already seen movement in this lineup, and not just due to injury. Perfetti started as a center. Wheeler might be a center on this team if he well, was and, here. And look, go, go look at the game on my last couple of games. Are you going to split up? And we talked about this no, on Friday. You splitting not. up Niederreiter, Lowry, and Appleton. You splitting those guys and up. And we talked about how refreshing this is, and I think the Jets would be doing it too. Yeah. They moved Perfetti off. We talked about what the Devils did three games into Timo Meyer mm-hmm. and some other teams. I think this is refreshing. Look at the Oilers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what did Vander Kane say? I'm not playing much, so I thought <laughs> I'd get a fight. And I mean, this is a new dawning where there's so much parity in this league that even veterans aren't getting a lot of leash, and I think that would be happening if he was... When Velarde comes back, which is either going to be mid-next month or early December, whatever, we don't really know. It, it was it was uh, four to six weeks when it initially happened. But I think you'll see Vlad, Vlad Nemestikov go back down to the fourth line. I think you're going to see Gabe Velarde uh, go back to the top line. And I think Alex Ifala plays on the second line with... With uh, Cole Perfetti yeah. and Ehlers. That's what I think is going to happen. Leave that needle or I, yeah, I, I agree with that. And then I think you're better for it. Now, this is all going to tee up. There are some changes to the power play. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Some movement. Somebody moved up. Somebody moved down to the second unit. Uh, this is going to be a big story about this game is how the Winnipeg Jets respond uh, on the power play and the PK. Special teams have not been that special for the Winnipeg Jets so far this season. We'll get into that when we come back. Jets at noon on 6-8 CJOB. Uh, pre-game gets going at 4.30. Puck drop at 6.30 at Canada Life Centre. Blake Wheeler and the New York Rangers coming into town to take on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, lineup looks like this. Connor Hellebuck is starting in net. Morrissey with DeMello, Dylan with Pionk, Sandberg, and Schmidt. Uh, Connor, Shifley, Iafalo, Perfetti, Nemestikoff, and Ehlers. 
Uh, Nita Ryder, Lowry, Appleton, Baron, Kupari, and Gustafson. Uh, as previously mentioned as well, Rick Bonus remains away from the team. There's been a switch up uh, on the morning skate uh, for the Jets on the power play. Uh, after an 0 for 14 drought that has dropped them to 24th in the league, it's running right now to 12.9%, uh, four for 31 over the course of the entire season. Again, way too talented for the power play to be running at that sort of stretch. But this is we saw similar stretches last year. Um, there's been a move. Uh, Ehlers has been dropped back to the second unit, and Perfetti has been moved up. So Perfetti joins Shifley, Connor, Iafalo, and Morrissey. Uh, on the first unit power play. And then the second unit power play is Ehlers, Domestikoff, uh, Pionk, Niederreiter, and Schmidt. I mean, what are your initial thoughts on the change there, Jim? Well, um, I'll just I'll just say I thought uh, Nick Ehlers was the worst player on the ice Saturday. I, I thought he was – that whole line wasn't good, but mm-hmm. uh, he really struggled. And that's saying that I thought the previous couple of games Ehlers was pretty good. Um, you saw him start coming into his own a bit. I saw him start coming into his own, rounding out, missed all of camp, as we know, and stuff, mm-hmm. and coming. But Saturday against Montreal, I just there was nothing about his game that I liked and the mm-hmm. turnovers and everything like that. So um, I, I'm not surprised. I don't think it's just an Ehlers thing at all. I think it's a power play thing overall. But um, Perfetti has great hands, great vision, and I think they need to change it up because the power play is 0 for 14, so they need to get it going. I don't think it's all Ehlers, but Ehlers did not have a good game on Saturday, yeah. and then I think they need some Perfetti magic here on this number one unit to get it going and get a goal. Yeah, hopefully he can find some guys. I mean, he's made some brilliant, absolutely brilliant passes so far this year. I mean, it's just this this unit, these these this group, they just they they tend to get in a rut on the power play. It was the same thing that happened last year. Um and, you know, the the thing is, and maybe this would be a totally different story, Jim, is there's been a couple games here, and there's been lots of power plays where they were absolutely dominant on in in, in sections. Yeah. And they just weren't just able to find a one. goal. They couldn't find a goal. And it sort of count, uh, compounds everything, and, and things perhaps look worse than they are. Um, but I think they get a couple, and, and things will start turning around again. It's very early on. Um, the. the the Rangers are not going to be an easy team to take down. They're third right now in the league in goals against, only allowing 16 total goals over their first eight games, only 10 of which have come five on five. So 10 goals in eight games, five on five, that's uh, good for second in the league. I, I just look at the situation and I'm thinking, man, they got to get the power play going. I mean, this game could be won or lost in special teams like many are in the National Hockey League. But uh, the PK, again, not stellar, 72.4% kill rate. Uh, and the Rangers coming into this game with the second best power play so far, running at 34.5% and even better on the road so far this year, 36.4%. Helped win them the game against Vancouver. Look, Rangers yeah. are very good and very deep, and um, this is going to be a good test for the Jets. I didn't like the fact the Jets gave up that 3-1 lead in Montreal, but Jake Allen was sensational. Yeah. Um, but they got a point. That's what I'm I'm at with this team, as I've said for the past two weeks, or really since the season started. Mm-hmm. You have to stay in the fight and find points. And they were up 3-1. It's disappointing. The power play, the penalty kill – really hurt them again in another yeah. game, but they managed to get a point out of that. So 
good for them. They got nine points, eight three, and the four, Habs, three and one in the eight Habs games. Essentially scored a shorthand, a shorthanded goal too. I mean, yes. it was like a second off the clock when they got one. Uh, they got the the tying yeah. goal there. So, but this is more about the Rangers tonight. This is going to be a tough test. This is a deep team. This is a physical team. Very good. And uh, I'm interested to see how the style that the Winnipeg Jets play match up with the Rangers. Adam Fox off to a great start. He's got ten points in those first eight games. Or Tammy Panarin. Yeah, they're again. so deep on the blue yeah. line. Yeah. And they got a great group of forwards. Our friend Schneider, I love everything about that kid. Yeah. He's having a good start to the season. So um, you're going to have to not take a bunch of penalties. You're going to have to be disciplined, and you're after going to go to the net. Um, this is going to be a really tough test for, test for the Jets before they head out on a three-game uh, road trip. Uh, but we've seen this before, right? The Jets started the season at home against the Rangers, who were a Stanley Cup favorite, and they managed to get a win, too. To me, this is all about the Jets game. And, and this is a game. This is a game more often than not that while every game can be won and lost with your power play, this is a game, if you get power plays, you have to score, and that'll be the difference. We'll see if it gets something going. 4.30 pregame show, 6.30 puck drop, Canada Life Center, New York Rangers, Winnipeg Jets. Tune in. Don't miss that one. We'll be back tomorrow to break it down. I'm excited for this one, not because Wheeler's return. I'm excited for this one because this is a good team and a good test for the Jets. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forte, for producing the show. Great job, guy. Out of boy, Forts. Jim Toth, take you all the way till three o'clock. That's there's it for a, me. I'm the guy who cares Same too much as well, Jeff Fortune. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.